0: I'm glad that each and every one of you have made it out today to be with us in the presence of the Lord, and and He's really been dealing with my mind and heart, and, and, you know, I, I don't like going over my notes sometimes in the middle of service because, you know, musicians are singing and I like to get behind them, but God just wouldn't leave me alone, and He's really been dealing with my mind and heart. And If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to the book of Habakkuk, and that's a an old testament book that often doesn't get enough recognition, but it is the word of God, and there's some mighty things in there. But I have I feel that I've heard from God today. And in Habakkuk, the first chapter at verse two. Say amen if you're there. My sister Sandy, were we able to get the all right. I'm, I'm making it difficult on her, because I have used several different translations in my message that I put together here, because I wanted certain words read. So we're going to be reading from the New Living Translation today, and 1-2 says this, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? Now this is Habakkuk speaking to the Lord. And this is what he's, he's telling the Lord. "Oh long, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Anybody? Yeah. Violence is everywhere. Anyone? Right. I cry, but you do not come to save. Hello? Yeah. This could literally be inserted in the day we live. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Come on, somebody. The law has become paralyzed. And there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Can anybody relate to these verses at all? These are not verses that are being preached to people that cannot testify, that cannot relate to this. I want to read the Lord's reply to Habakkuk's question and complaints. Verse 5, the Lord replies to him, And the Lord said, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I have been sent of God to tell this church on this great day that the day we live in is the same day that Habakkuk lived in. And we can look at this world the same way Habakkuk did and ask God and say, I cry, but you don't come to save. We can tell the Lord, must I call for help and yet you don't listen. But I've been sent to tell this church to look around. Begin to open your eyes. Begin to open your understanding. Begin to open your spirit. For our God is in control. For our God is leading the nations. For our God's hand is at work in a mighty way. I feel to tell you by the Word of God that He wrote. It says, for I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you it. I could stand up here and tell you something, but my God is going to do something amazing in your life that you wouldn't believe the very words coming out of my mouth, but you will believe it when God does it in your life. There is miracles around the corner for you. There is great destinations determined for you. There is movings of God and a stirring of the Lord that's about to grip somebody's life. Look around. I know you're standing and you're waiting for me to be seated, but I'm just getting warmed up in the opening. You're in trouble. I stood up here and the word of God spoke to my mind, Jeremiah 11. These are the things I was writing. This is what Jeremiah 111 said, and the Lord put in my mind. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? I ask you, what seest thou in this place? Do we see a bunch of people that are absent because of COVID? Do we see a bunch of people absent because of addictions? Do we see a bunch of people absent because of Netflix? Because of vacations? Because of otherworldly entertainments? I can't be there. Brother Greg, you're getting over pneumonia. He's here last week and I almost rebuked him. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I can't stay home anymore. There's got to be a vision among the people of God where we say, I can't stay home any longer. I can't stay in bed anymore. I can't stay in front of the TV anymore. Look around more life tabernacle for the salvation of the Lord is drawing nigh. The hand of the Lord is reaching. The voice of the Lord is speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is moving among His people. Oh I feel God. The reality of Habakkuk was one that he looked and he saw that God wasn't answering his prayer, that God wasn't visiting him, and God wasn't delivering him. That was his reality. But God's reality, He spoke to him and He said, I need you to open your eyes, for I'm about to do a thing that you wouldn't believe if I told you. I need you to prepare yourself. I need you to get in a mindset that when the supernatural comes, you know not to run from it, but begin to embrace it. Not to fear the works of God, but begin to worship in the works of God. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we got bad things all around us, but I've got a greater thing in us. There is nothing too big that our God cannot take care of. There is nothing so massive that he cannot rein it in. There's nothing so confusing that God can't put it together. My God is a master chess player. He knows how to move the pieces. You think you're Humpty Dumpty? God can put you back together. You think, no, the psychiatrist can't fix me. The doctors can't fix me. The neurologist can't figure it out. But I know a God that sits on the throne that says, I know what to do. I know where to take you. I know how to speak to you. I know how to handle you. I know just how to fix it. I look around and I, I don't see flawed people. I see people that miracles have happened. I see delivered people. I see healed people. I see fixed people. I see people that stand in the blood of the Lamb. I see forgiven people. I see saved people. I see people that are valuable in the hands and eyes of the Lord. world seen us thought we were pieces of trash thought that we weren't good enough they saw our flaws they saw our failures they saw our mistakes and they label us by them they condemn us by them they judge us by them but the only thing that you and i are ever going to be judged by is if our name is in the lamb's book of life I know a God that when I stand before Him, see the devil tells me, Brother Larry, that I did this in my past, I did this in my past, I went there in my past, I said this in my past, but when I stand before God, God's reality says, what I saw is you worshiping in the past. What I saw is you pleading the blood in the past. What I saw is your hand raised and said, holy, holy, holy art thou God. Come on, somebody, begin to lift your hands towards God. Begin to say, holy is the Lord our God. Holy is the Lord our God. Holy is the Lord. (laughs) Somebody, you came in here with something going on in your life and you've been looking at it for a while. God wants me to tell you that if you'll stop looking at yourself and you'll begin to look around at God, if you'll begin to look around at the people of God that are walking testimonies, that are walking, they they used to be a wreck. But now you see people that are saved by the blood of the Lamb, forgiven by the name of Jesus. I look around and I see people of God. I see men of God. I see women of God. I see children of God that are strong in the Holy Ghost, strong in His power, strong in His righteousness, strong in His holiness. Those are all the good words that we love to hear. But do you know that you are strong in His mercy? Do you know that we are strong in His grace? We are strong in His kindness. Strong in His gentleness. Strong in His goodness. (laughs) Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Peter went out on the water and you can be seated whenever you want. It's up to you. Stand when you want. Sit when you want. Run when you want. Dance when you want. Shout when you want. Look around when you want. Peter's in the boat. He's with the disciples. The winds are raging and the storm is brewing and the rain is falling and beating them. And they look over and they they see a man walking on the water and they think it's a ghost. And Peter, he begins to tell the Lord, he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Yes, verse 29, the Lord says to Peter, come. So Peter goes over the side of the boat and he walks on the water towards Jesus. Peter's walking on the water, and he's looking at the Lord. Verse 30, it says, But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, that he was terrified, and he began to sink. You see, Peter started out in this story looking at the miracle of God. He looked at the power of God. He looked at the ability That only God could do. The supernatural ability of God. Doing what man had never even thought to do. God is walking on the water and Peter sees the power and the miracle. He sees the unexplainable. And he says, Lord, if that's you, I want to come to you. And God says then, come on. And while he's walking in the supernatural, while he's walking in the miraculous, he began to look at something else other than the Lord. He began to look at the world around him. And he said, man, I forgot the wind was blowing. I forgot the waves are ten feet high. I forgot that this is the middle of a hurricane. I forgot about the storm. He began to look at the wind and the waves and the storm that was around him and he changed his focus. He changed his vision and began to look at the world instead of God. And he began to sink. You see, Habakkuk's reality was the complaint, Lord, when I ask you to save, where are you? I think we all ask God the same things. But that's how we're feeling in that emotional moment. That's how we feel in the depression of our mind and in the anxiety of our, of our brain when, when the chemical imbalance is raging and we're not able to keep control of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. We begin to act like Habakkuk, and say, God, where are you? God, are you listening? God, are you saving? That's what we think the reality of our situation is. But this is a real life example here with Peter. He's walking on the water, walking towards God. And he's getting into a situation where he's going under. Now this isn't 10 feet of water. This is 100 feet of water. In the midst of a hurricane with no life jacket. He wasn't near the boat. And there wasn't a brother on there that was walking on water with him. He was halfway in between God and his safety vessel. And all of a sudden, he began to sink. This isn't some trumped up reality where he's sitting in his bedroom just ornery. And he's sitting by by the campfire and he's running his mouth. He's in a situation. This is God's reality. Peter begins to sink, and he he begins to cry out to the Lord, and he says, Lord, save me. But if you're reading Habakkuk, you're going to believe that God doesn't show up when you need him. That's what Habakkuk was saying. God, every time I need you, you're never there. Every time I need saving, I don't ever see you. He was having a bad minute, a bad moment in his life, and he was running off the mouth to God. He's saying, God, where are you? I can't feel you. I can't see you. I can't hear you. And that's what he actually thought his reality was. But Peter was in a situation where if that was our reality, we're going under. If Habakkuk's reality was Peter's reality, he'd have drowned that very minute. But the reality of man is not the reality of God. And Peter did what Habakkuk said. Habakkuk said, we read it in verse 2. He said, Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. You're wrong, Habakkuk. You are dead wrong. I understand what you're saying I understand the feelings you're going through I've had them but I also understand that the reality of our emotions is not the reality of the spirit of God and brother Kenny I'm going to blow your theology not everything in the book is true what Habakkuk said is not true wrong kind of inspiration it is not true that God does not save you read it in the Bible and so we say every word is true no it's not it's put in there to teach us the truth and the truth of the matter is that when we feel like God doesn't save doesn't mean he does not it means that we need to look around and begin to look towards the hill where my help comes from. What was true is that Habakkuk really felt that way at that minute he uttered the words. But it wasn't true in the ability, in the purpose, in the mind and will of God. Peter's in that situation, and he's going under, and he goes, Jesus, save me. Sorry, Jesus. Your own word says in Habakkuk 1-2 that you don't save. I can't violate my word. Only that word wasn't saying that. It was just recording what some man thought. It wasn't recording what God thought. God thought, and then he gave his thoughts in verse 5. And so Peter says, Lord, Lord, help me, save me, Lord. It says he shouted. Why did he have to shout it? Because he wasn't able to reach God. He wasn't close enough for God to say, hey, here you are. He wasn't standing next to God, sinking. Sinking. I don't know if you've ever thought how this went. But Peter, he's out on the water. Sister Dora, you're Jesus. Careful, Sister Birdie. You're sitting next to holiness. I'm out of the boat now. And I'm coming towards you. Man, you look nice today. Got your hair all done. And Peter gets out here and he... He's still looking but you know he's ADHD. And he gets halfway there and he's like <sighs> Boat Jesus. Boat Jesus. That's floating, and that's floating, and I'm not. Jesus, help me. There wasn't time to go back to the boat. His buddies are pulling pranks, man. They pulled out oars and are rowing away. (laughs) No, that's not in the Bible. It was just Josh. But well, that's how some of our friends are. You crazy. Bye. Have fun with that. I'll be over here seeing if you make it. Because you're doing something that, that isn't normally done. You're acting in a way that I think's funny. Your faith is just, you think you're so good, you think you're going to actually make it to God. He's out on the water and he's beginning to sink. And I praise God that the words in Habakkuk 1-2 are not true of God, but only true of man's doubt. And the doubt of man was saying God doesn't save. But the faith of God and the power of God. This is what it says in the next verse when Peter opened his mouth. Peter said, save me, Lord, and he shouts it. Save me, Lord. It says that Jesus immediately, immediately. See, sometimes we view God like he's got a cynical sense of humor. He has a sense of humor. It's not cynical. Well, you shouldn't you reach too far, Peter. You asked of me what's not meant to be given. You you wanted to puff yourself up. So we're going to let you sink right to your nose. And when your nose is the only thing taking air in, then I'm going to grab you. Teach you a lesson about faith. That's how we think. When we step out on faith and we start to do something towards God, our own doubt, our self-reflection, our own insecurities come rising and we look at ourselves to blame how stupid we are to be out on the water. I was in a perfectly good boat. I was with perfectly good men of God. Why did I want to go this way with God? After all, it was God's hand that was on the boat too, right? The boat was in the middle of the storm, but it wasn't going under, so the protection of God was there. But it wasn't enough for Peter. He didn't want just the protection of God, he wanted the presence of God. Look around, More Life Tabernacle. I don't just want the protection of God, but I want the presence of God. can say Lord set four angels around my house but if there's not a daily prayer routine getting in the presence of God then the protection of God is like sitting in the boat when Jesus is out doing the work God God protect my home during covid protect my home during covid I'll go to Walmart I'll go to the store I'll go to the grocery store but I won't go to church We want the protection of God to go before us in Walmart, but not the presence of God in the church. And if you're listening online, you need to be here in the presence of God. And if you got mad over that, that's the first time I've said that in over a year. Get over it. At some time, pastor's gotta be pastor. Listen, there's gonna be more viruses. If you think this is going back, you're fooling yourself. But God is still the Savior. But God is still the healer. But God is still the protector. And I need His protection. And I need His healing. And I need all of God. But I also need to get out of the boat and go to the presence of God. Listen, I know that you can be sick because I know there's people already. Well, I got COVID. Yeah, I understand that. And if you do stay home, I'm not talking about those times. I'm talking about the mindset that when COVID isn't in the home and hasn't been near the home, but we still avoid church and we make excuses. I'm not talking about situations. My son was just in quarantine and we did what was right. We kept him home. But he's out of quarantine and he's in the presence of God. See the difference? Because the presence of God is calling his children to begin to look around at what he's doing, not what the government's doing, not what the world's doing, not what the CDC is doing, not what the the WHO is doing. He's saying, my people need to begin to look towards me. They need to look at me. They need to focus on me. Oh, somebody needs a word of God. I got one for you. Isaiah 45:22. Brother Kenny, here's what the word of God says. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God, and there is no other. I'm not looking at anybody else but God today. And I'm saying, God, when I'm out on that water, because I want more of you, I want to be in your presence, and people start making fun of us. Listen, there's been people condemn this church for having church in this time. You're here, so I'm preaching to the choir. And I think all of you know this. So I guess I'm saying this for everybody that watches it on YouTube, on Facebook, that we get made fun of, we get judged, that we're taking a risk with our life. We're not foolish. I don't believe the leadership of this church has been foolish for one minute. We did social distancing. We still have a section over here. If you're ill or you feel like you need social distancing, by all means. We did parking lot services. We did online services when when there was an outbreak. We've tried to do everything to to be a good neighbor and to protect the health and safety of our members. We've done these things, have we not? If we have, I want you to stand and testify by your standing. Who's on live stream? Brother Todd, is that you? Pan those cameras around this audience. I want them to see that there's people testifying. We've tried to do things right. Because we're not trying to be arrogant. We're not trying to rub it in the faces of people. We're not trying to be the nail that sticks out and catches attention. But we are trying to be the people of the name. That there's time to play along. But then there comes a point in that journey out on that that ocean where we say, hey, listen, I've been in the boat the whole time, but I'm sorry, my God is drawing near. This world's wrapping up, and I'm going to go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to go into the presence of the Lord. Peter said, Save me, Lord. It's time that we all begin to realize that when we get sick, when we have things that happen, do you know there is a reality that we could pass? God took precious brother Keene. He knew the reality, he was his own man. But he went down worshiping God, he went down serving God. He went down singing praises to God. I even said that wrong. He didn't go down. He went up singing. He went up worshiping. He went up in faith. He went up serving God. He went up walking the way. And I want to speak to the negative, nasty attitude and the comment that people say. Yeah, but if he would have practiced social distancing, he'd have been alive longer. That is a life from hell. You hear me? There is nothing that takes a man of God except God. And the next nasty comment is, yeah, but if a man of God does something foolish, he can take his own life. Brother Cain wasn't foolish. And because people exercise faith is not foolishness to those in the faith. It is foolishness to those in the world. It is time that this church, not just moral life, I mean the church of God. It's time the church of God stops taking the foolishness of the world as the faith in the church. This world thinks we're foolish. We're quick to quote the scripture and I feel the teaching of mind of God. We are so quick to quote the scripture. Let not evil be spoken of you. We quote that to justify acting according to the foolishness of the world instead of the faith of God. I just taught in our class about Stephen, a man of faith, and the world said he was foolish, but it didn't stop him from preaching the gospel. It even led to his death. Would you say That if Pete, if Stephen Dad would have been wiser in the Holy Ghost, he'd have stopped preaching and he wouldn't have lost his life. We got to stop thinking like the world when every person lifts their hands and we say, You shouldn't be in church, you need to be home in quarantine. Been there, done that. I like and appreciate that we have online. But it is not a replacement for the presence of God. And there comes, folks, I'm going to, I mean, I'm playing dirty, but the Word of God keeps flooding into my mind, and I'm going to speak the Word of God. We, we, We love to say these things, but Brother Greg, the Word of God says that if you take up any deadly thing, if you take up a deadly serpent, if you drink any poison, he says, I will heal you. I will keep you. My family and I, we had COVID. And God kept every single one of us. I'm not bragging. I'm saying God protected. Oh, I can feel the flesh resisting. I don't know if it's in this place or online. I can feel the attack of hell right now. There's people that way, hey, pastor, we need to play ball a little bit longer. We're still playing ball the best we can. But I've realized something. It's God's game. He's the one calling the pitches. He's the umpire. He's the one that says game on or game off. Our God has said to this church and many other churches across this world globally, game on. Game on. You hear me? We can be wise and we can, we can practice social distancing. Sister Jerry, I see the mask on you and I'm glad you're wearing that mask. I'm glad you are. You and Sister Denise have worn them the entire time and I'm so thankful that you're being wise for you. But I'm going to also thank you for something. Because you know we have many people without them. But I've not heard you judge. I've not heard you shame. I've not heard you convict. I've not heard you gossip. I've not heard you badmouth. But Sister Denise and Sister Jerry, I haven't heard anybody without a mask judge you, bad mouth you, condemn you. You know why? Because I understand that I need God just as much as you need God. And you got to do what's in your heart and mind. But I've got to do what's in my heart and mind. So I am not attacking anybody wearing a mask or who feels like social distancing in any form or fashion. But I am trying to draw a line in the sand that says, listen, there comes a point where we got to stand on the side of faith instead of the side of the world's foolishness. I'm telling you, in the midst of this quarantine, Brother Craig, I got on a plane in a confined space with confined oxygen, and I sat shoulder to shoulder with somebody. Casinos stayed open. Why? State funding. Churches need to stay open. Spiritual Spiritual funding. Spiritual funding. Spiritual funding. And I'm looking around, and I'm seeing the coming of the Lord approaching very quick, Brother Larry. I was talking to somebody, and I don't know who it was. They were telling me, they said, I've been listening to preacher after preacher after preacher. And they're all preaching the same thing, the coming of the Lord. And I'm looking around, and if I'm seeing the coming of the Lord, Brother Anthony, and God's over there, then you tell me for one minute why I wouldn't say, Lord, if it's you, then bid me to come closer. Call me into your presence, God. Call me closer to you, Lord. Not farther away. He reached down and said immediately, and he, he rescued Peter. The musicians would come. Or you never left. <laughs> yeah, it's been that one. They never left. You see, the Lord answered Habakkuk. And he began to talk to him. And he began to tell him what he was going to do in his day. Do you know that there was another man in the Bible? And he was helping a group of people get out of trouble. And this is what he said to that group of people. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Fear not. Stand firm. Say, stand firm. stand firm. Come on, we're going to quote the word here together. Fear not. Fear not. Stand, firm. stand firm. And see, see. the salvation of the, Lord. salvation of the Lord. If you're going to see the salvation of the Lord drawing, you're not going to do it sitting down. He said, stand up. He said, stand firm. That means don't you run away. Don't you run away into your homes and hide. Because this world says we're fanatics for praising God. We're going to stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord. This is what Moses told the people. Which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. And this is what he tells them. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. And silent wasn't of the nature or of the context of this. Silent was of the nature of this. I don't know what God's doing. He can't save us. He sends this man in to preach and all he does is rain plagues down and now our task is be silent. It's just getting harder. Silence! I'm just more miserable. Silence! Well, I wouldn't have done it the way. Silence! I don't know what our bishop... Silence! Be silent! In foolishness. Be silent in doubt. Be silent in complaining. Be silent in gossip. Be silent in condemning. Be silent in judging. That's the context of the scripture. That's what Moses told the children of Israel. Be silent. And now we go to Habakkuk. Mr. Non silent complainer. I says, Lord, you're never around. You don't save me. There's violence. This world is wicked. Even the justice system is perverted. God says to him, Hey, you listen to me. You need to start looking. Because I'm about to do a thing in your life that's never been seen, done, and you can't even imagine. And if it was told to you, you're such a whiny. You're a whiny toad. You wouldn't believe it even if if you were told it. Habakkuk's listening and the Lord goes on and the Lord ends with this. Habakkuk 2.20, he says this, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. he's telling all of Israel that's in bondage all those where this isn't when Habakkuk was speaking he was in the captivity of the Assyrians and the thing God told him that he wouldn't believe is he was gonna raise up the Babylonians to conquer the Assyrians and Habakkuk couldn't understand why God would use evil to fight evil God just wanted to say it's my prerogative he said be silent because I'm about to bring you out. Like he told Israel, be silent because I'm about to bring you out. All right. And like he's telling this congregation today, be silent All right. because I'm about to bring you out. Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Lord, set a hedge about my mouth, yeah. set an angel before my very lips that out of my heart would come forth faith, would come forth worship, would come forth miracles, would come forth praise, would come forth glorifying You. But God, the moment my mouth begins to speak words that discourage people, bring a silence over me when my mouth opens to make fun of, to question, to mock, to poke fun of, God, you just bring a spirit of silence over me. (laughs) God is getting ready to do something not only in this church, but in this nation and in this world. And if it's like the days of Habakkuk, it says that he, he raised up the Babylonian Empire. And they were just as evil as the Assyrians. And the anointed of God didn't understand it. But God said, I'm going to deliver My people through this. All right. That there's going to be things that take place in this world. Hear me. Put your phones down. There's going to be things that take place in this world. That you might ask me my opinion. You might ask me what I think. You might go to Bishop and say we need advice. And you might hear silence from us. You might see Bishop like he does sitting on the platform. And that head bobbing back and forth. It's not that he's sleeping. It's that the Spirit of God is meditating upon him. That there's going to be times when we're not going to speak what to do, but we're going to sit. <laughs> and we're going to wait on the Lord. But we're not going to run from the Lord. Hear me. There's going to be things that happen that we're not going to understand why God's doing it that way but we're just going to believe he's doing it his way. Right, yes, sir. God, I don't know why you do things this way. But as long as it's your way, I'm on board. Help me be silent yes, sir. and not question the move of God and the things of God. Yes, sir. Help me not question the way you're delivering me. Just reach out and grab my hand, Lord, because I'm going under. I just wanted to be in your presence. And I got distracted by watching the news. And I began to question the ministry and the elders. This isn't in my notes, but I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know who's watching, who's paying attention. But your leadership is human. And we don't always get it right. But I believe the motives in our heart are right. And we're trying to do right by you and your children and your family. And we're trying to do right by God even more. concern is very high on the list. The concern of your health, the concern of your safety is extremely up there. It's just one notch below our concern for the welfare of God. I love you so much and I would never endanger your lives. We've got to obey God. You know, God saw when we shut down church for quarantine. But you need to know it was also the Spirit of God that said, okay, it's time to come unto me. It's time to come back. It's time to come home. It's time to open the doors, it's time to let the atmosphere of worship be regenerated. It's time to lift your hands and sing welcome into this place. More Life Tabernacle, I pray the wisdom of the Holy Ghost would be in you. I pray that the wisdom of God would be in your thoughts. I pray the faith of God would be in your heart. I pray the Spirit of God would lead you and guide you. I pray that there would be a hedge of protection around you and your family. That He would give you boldness. He would give you the courage to stand strong and to stand firm in these last hours. God, let your soldiers be wrapped in the armor of the gospel. Lord, if this world picks up stones and begins to stone us for our testimony, that our attitude would be, I'm not backing up and running, but I'm going to say in the Holy Ghost, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. You are strong in God, and God is strong in you. You need to open your eyes and look around. But, Larry, we're still here. We still got jobs. Your daughters are still in school. Everything's going all right. This world says it's crumbling. Whose report will we believe? God. I choose by choice to believe the report of the law. God, I choose to believe that when I call on your name, you will save me. I choose to believe that when this world suffers violence that you come by and you rescue me. And God, I choose to believe. I choose to believe that if you, God, allow COVID to come into my body and if you allow it to take me home I will praise you because you allowed it and it must have been your will and I choose to believe that God if I get COVID again I choose to believe that you'll heal me and protect me again. Because I'm not living by this world's standards. And I refuse to live by the fear being pumped out of the news and the fear being pumped out of social media and the fear being pumped out of legislation and political leaders. I refuse to live in fear. And I choose to live in faith that God, whether I die or whether I live, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Darrell, you got your hand raised because you've been in that place. You've stared death. your testimony. You've talked about it many times. You You should have been dead over and over again. You know, Brother Daryl? there's been people who I thought shouldn't be dead that are dead. That's taught me something. That God will do what He wants with who He wants, when He wants. Lord, I'm looking at you. I want to read it one more time, and then we're going to do an altar call. Isaiah 45, says, Let all the world doesn't say all of Pentecost let all apostolics nope all the world saved and unsaved male and female black and white young and old everyone look at the Lord for salvation for I am God and there is no other. God, I look unto you right now for salvation. God, I'm looking towards you for my healing. God, I'm looking towards you for my deliverance. God, I'm looking for you, Lord, for to be fixed. I look under you. I look to you, God, that it would be made right in my life, that things would be put back together again. Lord, I look unto you. (laughs) I'm opening this altar to everyone that would look unto God and say, God, I'm getting out of the boat and I'm going to walk. I'm leaving this protection because I'm going into the presence of God. If we're not careful, our pew becomes a form of protection. pulpit can be a form of protection Lord I'm walking towards you this world makes fun of it this world condemns it this world thinks we're fools this world thinks we're not doing it the wise way we're making immature choices God, I don't want the protection of the world. I want the presence of heaven.